you're feeling very relaxed. I'm Anita Joyce here with Kelly Wilkness, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks, Episode 378, Style Without Stress. And I love this topic, Kelly, because I think decorating can be so stressful for some people. Well, we hear that so often from our listeners or blog readers that people get all bunched up inside when they start thinking about decorating. They don't know where to start or they don't know where to go. They don't know. They really get hung up on what their style is and how they have to recreate something they may have seen in a magazine. So it can be stressful. It It's coupled with you know, some very obvious stressors. You have to make decisions, which sometimes is difficult, uh, and decisions you're going to have to maybe live with for a long time if it's paint color or expensive furnishings. And yes, expense. It costs money to decorate sometimes. So all those things added together um, in conjunction with trying to make everyone in your house happy can really lead to a stressful situation. But... We know it doesn't have to be like that. So we're going to pass on some ideas and tips and suggestions today to take the stress out of decorating for everyone. Yeah, and I would say it's broken up into two sections today. The first section is kind of what's going on in your head, kind of things to make the decorating process itself less stressful. And the second part are things that you can do in your home to make living in your home less stressful. So it's we're de-stressing the decorating process and the life in your home. Those are the things that we're really focused on today. So we'll we'll do the the part in your head first. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into your heads first. We're going to crawl in there first. <laughs> you want to start? Sure. And I'll just let everybody know that the episode is brought to everyone by Diane James Home today. And we'll tell you more about Diane James Home and have a wonderful offer for you uh, uh, towards the middle of the show. So stick around for that for sure. Uh, Well, I think that we'll kick it off with emphasizing that you should not stress about trying to figure out what your style is. As as we always say, we want you to develop your own style. So that should be a fun process. You shouldn't put yourself under the gun or under a time frame. And you should let your style be an expression of what you love and your life lived and the life you want to live and, and live out with the people who you're in your home with. So take time to develop it. Enjoy the process. Don't try to um, compartmentalize or pigeonhole your look. Don't even try to put a name on it necessarily or just call it your name uh, because that's your home should be a, a reflection, a mirror of you, of you, the best of you, because that's what you want to be around all the time. Well, and I think one thing I would add to what you're saying is I, I think it is helpful to know your style or have a name for it. But with the caveat, if this is stressing you out, if you can't figure out what that is, then don't worry about it. It's okay. You can move forward without that step. But if, but sometimes it's helpful to, if that's helpful for you, do that step. If it's not helpful, then don't. So I think that, uh, yeah, 
because it's just not going to work for everybody. And then some people have such an eclectic style that uh, being forced into a box, it's just stressful for them. And this is all about ease of living and making the whole thing work for you. The next thing I would say is to give up on this whole concept of a perfect home. Because I know people that I hear things like, well, my house is just so small or, well, my house, you know, my, I don't like my kitchen. My kitchen is dated or this or that. And you know what? We all have something in our houses that just isn't where we want it to be. But we want you to kind of embrace, you know, we want you to be happy with wherever you are. So I think this whole thought of perfection is best thrown out the window. And I, I, I understand that's easier said than done for some personality types. But I know, for example, at the farm, the dog scratches are bad on the floors. It's bad. It, it really looks bad. I'm not kidding. But you know what? I've just had to say, I love my collie and this is just, it is what it is. And you know what? I'm not going to stress about it. This is not going to impact how much I enjoy it out, out there. So I think you just have to say, you know what, it's just, this is just not, um, this doesn't have to be perfect for me to enjoy it. That's a really important thing to talk about. Um, and, and everybody has a different level of what perfection means to them. And it means some, you know, my idea of perfection might be a little over the top compared to what other people might be. It might because, be. <laughs> because that's just sort of the way I am. But that, that, Having things in order and all of that, I think that's really important to distress for everyone. Um, so we'll get on to different points like that as we go through the show. But you know, find the what what can kind of give for you. You know, wh- like Anita saying about the the dog scratches on the floor. Well, embrace those because you know Molly, Molly the collie is so fabulous, and she's making her mark literally and figuratively on the house <laughs> and on the family, and that's just part of their lives. She's a fa- part of the fabric of their her lives, so that's okay. Or like if you have a really messy teenager for a period of time, I've I've come out to the other side with one of them. She's now, you know, if she was what she'd have been an Oscar Madison, now she's a Felix Unger. Like, I can't even oh. believe the transition, but it yeah. happened. Mm-hmm. So, if you're in your Oscar Madison stage with some of your kids, you know, do what you can uh, and show them the way, but don't expect that they're going to really embrace it right when they're in their mid teens if it's just not natural to them, but they may you know, then follow your lead later on. But, you know, I would open my daughter's door and get so stressed out and think, I don't have an hour and a half to clean them. Just shut the door. You know, <laughs> and then if some other thing, you know, if some, if you need to get things done and the dishes don't get done until later in the evening, the breakfast dishes are there. Well, you know, it sometimes it just can't get done. So kind of figure out what you can let go and what level of, uh, less than perfect is livable for you and, well, or, and just go with it. Right. Or maybe you have small kids and you just have toys out yeah. and that is just where you oh, are. Yeah. You know what? That's all. That's okay. I mean, that's just the state phase of life that you're in. Right. And I would just embrace it because that's not going to last forever. So, I mean, wherever you are, or maybe there's marks all over the walls because your kids are throwing balls into the walls or, you know, knocking into them because they're, I don't know, wearing 
there are rollerblades in the house, but you know, it, there's going to come a point when they're grown and then you're going to be, you know, your house will be all neat and clean. But as my uh, in-laws used to say, you know, that when my, my, their grandkids left, they'd say, your house is going to be neat and clean, but you're going to be sad because we're not here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's something to think about is just, and you know, I think about you and I as collectors of antiques, Kelly. We kind of have this appreciation for these antiques, and the antiques always come with knots and dings and wormholes and scratches. And, you know, it's kind of part of the patina of the piece. And if a piece comes to me and it's perfectly pristine, I really don't even buy that it's an antique. So if you're a collector of antiques, you kind of know what I'm talking about. You are used to the patina thing and you get that that adds value and that that is what makes the piece so special and unique is the life that it's lived. And it has come complete with, you know, scars to prove it, basically. And so I think we kind of need to apply that approach to our homes and just say, you know what, they're not perfect. And and this is just kind of part of the charm of the home. And I think in some of these European countries where the houses are two, 300 years old, they get this better than Americans do because you don't get a new house usually. So you don't get a house that's all perfectly painted that has no marks and dings. By the time you get it, it's already pretty worn in <laughs> with a lot of uh, defects. Absolutely. I just read an interesting little article in um, one of the magazines that we reviewed, the El Decor. I think there was a Bunny Williams article about embracing the patina and how, you know, not only is it imperfect, but it actually makes your home so much more beautiful. So it's if you haven't already embraced that um, way of decorating or adding decorative pieces with patina to your home, I highly suggest you do because I don't really care if somebody gets a mark on even my dining room table because it's all banged up already. I mean, it just sort of adds to the character. So it really does just lowers the stress on caring for your items. If they've already got this great patina or rusty business going on anyway, it's like, well, the more the merrier, you know, leave, leave your own mark, you know, come on, Molly, walk on my table. (laughs) I don't think you want that. (laughs) (laughs) And now here's another thought on your decorating approach. And that is to not worry about what other people think. Oh, that's a tough one. I know. And this, I understand this is so personality driven because some personalities are very concerned about what other people think. And then some people, it doesn't really bother them. You know, and we're bloggers, so people see pictures of our homes all the time. We're on Instagram and everywhere. So Kelly and I get lots of feedback. So I definitely have had my share of people that just don't like my home. And, you know, that's just kind of part of it. And I had to just kind of come to that place where I just say, you know what, it's just not their style. And so I don't, when someone says they don't like my house online, I don't, feel like I've failed. I just see it as, you know what? I'm just not their cup of tea. My house is not their cup of tea. And I just go on about my business because you know what? It's okay. And I'm not mad at them. I'm not upset. I just kind of- I am. I'm always mad at them. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Anita. You're a little mad at them too. No, it's so true. You can- if Not usually. Good, I no, mean, I'm you know. joking. If yeah. we're if you're in this business and it gets you upset to see a person who doesn't like your house, well, then you shouldn't be posting on Instagram. Whether you're a, a professional bl- influencer blogger or just somebody who likes to share their home, because you know what? If you're doing anything, if you're making any 
interesting moves out there, there's going to be somebody who doesn't like what you're doing. I cannot, I, some of the stuff though on, on YouTube kind of blows me away because usually on the blogs and stuff, I've really never have anyone, they, if most of the people that I encounter on my blog throughout the years have, if they didn't have something nice to say, I guess they didn't say it. it you know, I'm sure there were people didn't like it. They just stopped reading or went the other way. Right, but on right. YouTube, it's the craziest business. Oh, like, well, in Facebook, fa- that is oh, just yeah. a- The fact that I painted yeah. my woodwork, I mean, oh, yeah. if I took all of that personally, I'd you know, I would, I would be scrubbing all the paint off and, you oh, know, crying yeah. in the corner. You know, it's like, whatever. It's my house. You know, so it's your house. Even if you have a neighbor or a sister or a friend who doesn't seem to like what you're doing, well, it's not their house. Well, and that's interesting you say that. Yeah. Because the other thing I used to say to bloggers when they would come on the Facebook groups and be upset because somebody had said something mean about their house and everyone was consoling them. And I know, no, girls, girls, girls. No, no, no. I mean, and that was good. I mean, I think that was good to say, you know what? It's okay. Don't worry about it. But I would always say rather than, you know, or you, I would say, you know what, congratulations. Uh, you know, you've made it. You, because to me, that's part of the process of uh, becoming, you know, a personality on a platform is to have a troll. So, you know, I have see it as a right of passage. So if you've yeah. had somebody not like your house, then congratulations, you've made it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's really kind of true. And what do they say? You know, um, any any press is good press, what have you. I mean, you know, you're 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 shaking it up, you know, you're, you're impacting someone. And, mo- you know, I'm sure most of it is positive, but there's always going to be somebody who doesn't like it. So just let it slide. Whatever. And it just, right. And it, I, this is, again, I just want to emphasize this again. If somebody doesn't like your house, it does not mean that your house is not good looking, that your house is not beautifully done. It just means either the person is rude or the person just doesn't like your style. It's just, it's just not their style. Or they have absolutely no taste. And there's a lot of or people that, like yes. that. Don't even worry about it. Exactly. So Moving I on. think if you can move past that, then you'll be so much happier in life. Yes. So true. Did you have any other No time of- for haters. I know. So are we between the ears now or are we going to move into the house? Are we between the ears? Yeah. Oh, let's see. Okay. Oh, let me just say something. If you are in the midst of renovating or doing a pretty expansive redecorating of your home, a way to eliminate or at least reduce the stress of that time period is to prioritize. And maybe you limit it to three of your top priorities and you address them. And rather than trying to address all fronts at one time, and I would also suggest narrowing it to one room at a time so you can oh, I love finish mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe say, okay, the, the living room. And in the living room, this is my top priority or these three items are my top priorities. And because maybe it's going to cost more to do the fireplace around than you thought. So maybe you're not going to get to priority number 10, right? So, But at least you can get to one, two, and three and, and have that done and still have budget um, to go into another room if you if you're doing another room. So I would definitely limit the scope, ch- sort of chunk it up, do it in pieces, and then finish a room and move on to the next. Definitely a stress reliever because if you're water bugging all over the place, it's never going to feel like you've really done anything, and there's going to be a lot of rooms in chaos. 
Oh, I so agree. I love the approach of doing one room at a time because then when you finish that one room, it is such a sense of accomplishment and you feel just so happy. And then you have that one room that you can enjoy. Whereas if their whole house is in process, you don't have one room that you can go in and sit in and say, this room is done and I can enjoy this room. So yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Now I think we can get into the the actual house, right? Okay. Well, this is something that I instituted earlier this year. And Mm -hmm. I'm embarrassed to say only this year (laughs) did I start doing this. And that is that every day I file everything that needs to be filed. So any receipts, anything, any paper, any papers coming in the door, anything I needed to print out, it's all put up at the end of the day. And I used to kind of just throw it in a pile and then maybe every few months I would have to then sit down and file everything. And it was, I didn't want to do it. And it was, first off, it would stress me walking past the pile all the time. And then putting something on it, I would think, oh my goodness, look how big this pile is. And then I wouldn't want to sit down and deal with it because it was so out of control. And so it was just causing me stress the whole time. Whereas now I just take, it's really, it's no more than a cut two minutes a day. And I go in there and it's done. And then I am happy every time I look in my study and there's no pile in there. And aside, I'm talking to everyone now except you. What the heck is she filing every day? I mean, it's like it's like you're operating a major corporation at your house. I don't know what you have to file every day, but I'm so glad you're doing it. It makes you feel good. <laughs> I I cannot Just, imagine like filing that much. Well, but- there's well, we get like you know, there's the the phone, not the phone bill, but there's like the electrical bill and the, this bill and then that bill. And we have to keep it. It's just never mind. It just, I guess you have all that online, but we need all that for taxes. So. Oh, I don't, do pay, I don't pay taxes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. All right. Joking. I, it, most of uh, 99% of what I'm filing is for taxes, mm. but I get a ton of mail every day. Oh, see, I don't get any mail. I get no mail, really nothing. Well, so anyway, all, good for yeah. Anita. Okay. She's figured out a way to do that. So if you have paperwork and things like that, I think she's absolutely right. You, oh, I'll just put it in this pile. And then every time you I'm walk- I'm just glad I'm not doing your taxes. <laughs> oh, my taxes are so easy. My husband does them. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. We, you know, if you have a pile of something that is a constant chore, a reminder of something you don't want to do. Now, this could be your pile of receipts and things to file papers. It could be uh, a bag of things to take to Goodwill. It could be a pile of laundry to put away. If you've got things like that, that are prominently displayed in your home in an area that you're seeing all the time, and it's a constant reminder of having to do something you don't want to do, well, what do you think that causes you? Oh, stress. So what do you want to do that for? You can eliminate it. So what Anita's saying is so true. Just get it done on a daily basis. So so take care of the the daily debris, so to speak, every day. Uh, You know, and that doesn't mean staying up until 1230 a.m., picking up, you know, Polly Pocket shoes or Legos from your carpet and putting them in little containers. Like sometimes you just have to let it go. So you kind of kind of have to, you know, do a dance with the letting go of perfection and the keeping up with the daily debris. So you have to find a balance that's right for you. But it is so nice not to have a constant reminder of something you don't want to do just looking at you in the face all day well, I long. Think, I think the stress thing, now I'm not talking about kids' toys, but after a certain age, 
I got to where if we were doing anything fun, and I tried to do put in at least one fun thing a day, we didn't get to the fun thing until everyone cleaned up their mess. So Whoa. they had, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of cleaning up. In fact, there was at some point Evie was like, she didn't want to have any friends over because she didn't want to have to clean up after that. <laughs> That's an avoidance tactic. <laughs> But I think part of this, um, and, and so I want to extend beyond the not just the bills and the, um, you know, filing, staying on top of your filing, but staying on top of anything that can kind of get out of hand. So I promised myself at the beginning of this year, I would not let my inbox get out of hand yeah. in my email, my filing of uh, you know, bills, receipts, all that stuff. And then thirdly, laundry. And that was another thing. I was doing laundry and then throwing it. Not to say I don't have laundry sitting there now, but I will take care of it today. But, um, but you know, th- the stuff would come out of the dryer and it never got hung right away. So everything had to be ironed because I never could, I never hung anything on time. And it was just a mess. Yeah. And then when I would ha- be able to do the laundry, I would be overwhelmed with, with loads and loads and loads of laundry. So now it's just, it's just kind of like, I think of it like chunking things into smaller chunks. If you have a smaller chunk, if you just keep if you just keep on top of the little chunks of the day, it's just a little chunk. But once you've let it build up over weeks or months, then things just feel out of control, and then you feel like you cannot even deal with them. Yeah. So so many things like that, like uh, you know, clutter gets out of control. Um, you know, just the, like I said, filing, uh, laundry, your dishes, just all that stuff. If you can just kind of keep that in control. And, and it takes so little time to do it if you're taking care of it on a daily basis. But in that stuff, then stresses you in the back of your mind, you know that you're going to have to open that door and you're not going to be able to close the closet door because you got to go in the back and get something out and you're going to put everything back. And it just, it's stressful. Yeah. Here's another one that's more fun is create a focal point that you really enjoy, that really touches your heart. Something you're going to see, maybe it's even when you first walk in the door or uh, you know, when you get into the first major room through the entry, create a focal point that makes you feel really wonderful, whether it be a piece of art, maybe it's um, a bouquet of flowers. And Diane James could give you the answer to that uh, for something that's a little more permanent than uh, cut flowers, but even just treating yourself to a bouquet of cut flowers on a regular basis and having a vase that you put it in, maybe it is in your entryway, maybe it's on your kitchen counter, just something that makes you feel good and gives you that, ha, ah, I'm home, I'm relaxed, uh, I'm not being greeted by a pile of things that I need to be doing. It's just, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm surrounded by the things that I love. And this particular item, this focal point is jumping out and saying, hey, you know, you're home, take your shoes off, relax, let the stress of the day fall away from you. So that's pretty easy to do. And it doesn't have to be something elaborate. It just has to be something that speaks to you. And when we've talked about focal points in rooms before, I mean, there are different ways to use that term. Like your, your fireplace uh, can be a focal point, you know, um, it's a st- a structural part of your home can be a focal point, but you can also have a decorative focal point that uh, is, you know, is more in keeping with what we're talking about today. Just something that catches your eye, that makes you feel good, and that speaks to your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great idea. I think having something beautiful to look at as you enter your home is a wonderful idea. And then if you do have some clutter or some stuff that's a mess that you can't deal with now. 
put it behind some doors so you don't have to stare at it every time you walk in the door. How about this one too, adding plants inside? I think there is so much de-stressing involved with looking at beautiful live plants in your home. Oh yeah. And plants do so much for a room, obviously, but also do so much just for your psyche. Um, something organic uh, is really important in a room and I don't think you'd be wrong in putting a, you know, a plant in almost every room. You can have a large one in your living room, a little one on the counter in the kitchen, maybe a little pot of herbs, something like that. It's amazing what these small touches will do to sort of soothe you to self-comfort. And you and take an individual and say, oh yeah, so I put a pot of basil on the side of my counter. Like all my troubles are not going to just trickle away. But if you if it's there consistently and you do it in addition to these other tangible things that we're talking about today, in addition to try to shifting your mindset away from perfection and all of that that we spoke about in the beginning, all of that just just like all the stresses that may be happening to you at work or personally or whatever, how they all add up, all these things that you're doing to de-stress also add up, but in a positive way. And the best place to really be doing that on planet Earth is in your own home. So I think if you do a few of these things, if not maybe do every single one of them that we're talking about today, I think you're going to really see um, an impact on your life and how you're feeling. What about that exercise equipment that's taking up a lot of space in your room that you don't (laughs) use? I mean, talk about a guilt trip every time you walk by it. Yeah. If you've got uh, exercise equipment in your house and you're not using it, just move it on to somebody else or sell it or something because honestly, it's just going to be driving you nuts looking at it all the time. And I would add to that, what about that half-finished project that you've left sitting out because you don't want to put it up because it's not (laughs) finished yet, but clearly it's been there for a year. Yeah. This is a stressful thing for you to walk past every day. You may think you're ignoring it, but it's weighing on you. So it's another one of those things. If you're not going to finish this project, if it needs to be done, hire someone to do it or just get rid of it or put it in the garage or something. So you're not having to see it every time you're walking around your house. You've got dust on your stuff. No, no. Get rid of it. Anita is so right. Yeah. So we've kind of done the, when I've been told, oh, by family members, oh, I'm using that or I'm going to use it. And I can see it's clearly covered with dust. I kind of put a time limit on it and say, okay, you have until this date. And if I don't see that, if this has not been like I'm marking where it is, like if this has not been picked up, I will know. Oh. And then after this point, you know, if you can't agree to get rid of it, then we're, it's at least going in the garage or something. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. When I start saying, okay, we are going to organize fill in the blank, they I get so many dagger eyes and <laughs> things thrown at me. I mean, they really hate me in the beginning, but at the end, then they really do appreciate it, you know, reluctantly that, uh, it, it, you know, they admit it's, it's better not having the mess, you know, and the, and the clutter of things that are just staring at you, taunting you. They do appreciate you at the end. Oh. <laughs> well, I don't know. I wouldn't go I that know. Far. I know they do. I know they must. How about how about the color blue and green 
those colors are very associated with de-stressing and relaxing. So if you have a stressful life, those are some good colors to use in your home that will help you relax. And these are the colors of the ocean and of the sky. Yeah, I think that those colors really are helpful. But you know, whatever colors make you feel good. But obviously, True. the revved up colors. You know, if mm-hmm. everything is red, you know, you're going to feel a little like woohoo. Um, other than if it's a pale blue. So think about it. You know, do you even even if red and orange are your favorite colors? If you're so stressed out, maybe you should start thinking about you know wearing those colors, but having your home decorated in more soothing colors, uh, particularly or your even bedroom. Neutrals, even neutrals. If you don't, if you're one of those, if you're like Kelly, blue is just not your color. Then try some neutrals. That might be calming if you're needing some calming in your room. Right. Exactly. Um, creating space. You know, we did a whole podcast on the use of negative space, positive use of negative space. That is so important in de-stressing. Um, it's right up there with just having bags and piles and all of that. Just too much stuff, too much furniture. Um, segues me to the next point. Create pedestrian pathways throughout your house. So if you don't have a way to get through your rooms that are comfortable and you're kind of like making a sharp 90 degree or banging your knee every time you go past something, change things. You know, just because something landed someplace 15 years ago doesn't mean it needs to be there. Figure out ways that make your home function better for you if it's not functioning well right now. It is. It may seem like, how's that going to reduce my stress, Kelly? Well, it is because if you don't have to be, you know, maneuvering around in your own home, if you feel like you can walk from one side of the room to the other and sit in a comfortable chair, ha, huh, that's going to be a stress reliever, mm-hmm. right? If all your chairs have uh, laundry in them, oh, it's not, it's that's not the worst. Yeah, I know. It's just not fun to go in the room. Uh, so, how about? adding some essential oil diffusers. And you can, uh, I know lavender is my favorite for a relaxing scent. I mean, do you have any favorites, Kelly? Oh, I would say lavender would be mine as well. Copying you. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. But but essential oils are uh, just some scents that you find that you love, especially some of these that you can do some research and figure out which ones are meant for relaxing. But I think that's a nice way to just add some calmness to the room. Isn't that nice? Yeah. And then you also don't have the stress of burning your house down with a candle and you could probably leave that going. Don't some of those diffusers even on timers? So say if you're at work yes. all day, it maybe it clicks on in the half hour before you come home or something like that and you come in. Isn't it nice when you come in and your home smells good? Oh, yeah. That is so lovely. So maybe you can create that and it's a whole sensory experience. So you walk in, you take in this lovely scent and then you don't see piles of junk everywhere. And then you see your beautiful fill in the blank focal point and you're like, oh, this is so great. This is my house. I'm so happy to be here. Um, We talked about color and colors. Also limit your color palette. This is something that's so important for decorating in so many ways. And it's really one of our um, hallmark tips on the podcast, limit your color palette. That's a lot less visual noise. And you've got, you know, if you've got a whole Crayola box of colors going on, it'll be a lot more relaxing. Really, no matter what colors you choose, if there's a limited color palette, it will definitely be more relaxing. Um, lighting, so key. Now, if you come in and the 
you have one switch and when you flip it on, all these overhead lights go on and that's all you've got going on. And they're only at the, you know, the brightest of the bright level. That's not relaxing. That's a place where you perform surgery. You know, that's a place where you're like, I have to get this splinter out. You know, that's the kind of lighting you need for that. You don't want that lighting all the time. So again, dimmers, a variety of lights, try not to have just overhead lighting. Um, I, you know, I know my family sometimes just switches the, the switch and I come home like, oh my gosh, like what is going on in here? Did we lose something? You know, you don't need to have your lights so bright. So that is so key. Scent, lighting, positioning of your furniture and creating a space that's beautiful and that touches your heart. I want to go back to the lighting thing. And I think you're so right light that's too bright, especially in the evening, is is not relaxing. But the other thing I want you to think about is that blue light is associated with daytime and it's not and it's going to impact your ability to 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 get sleepy at night if you're still being bombarded with blue light. Uh that it messes up the circadian I'm mispronouncing that, but anyway, circadian rhythms. Uh, so you want yellow light as before you're going to bed and you don't want too much of that. So incandescent bulbs, I know we were talking about that, but there's some other bulbs you can get. Just make sure and check your bulbs and make sure the light is not too blue because that's fine during the day, but as you're getting closer to bedtime, you really don't want those bulbs on or switch them out for some yellow ones. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Gosh, there's just so many little things that you can be doing. Um, Even if you can't or you feel like, oh, you can't have a plant. We talked about those. Even if you just put a mirror opposite a window that is looking out Mm -hmm. into a garden, or even if it's just looking out onto your front lawn and then there's a tree on the parkway, something like that, that's a way to bring the outdoors in, uh, in a really beautiful, easy way. No maintenance required, just hang up a mirror and you've got that going on. The mirror will also do a lot for your room in other respects, but just having the, the sense of the, uh, of nature being present in your home is a really powerful, de-stressor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and opening those curtains and the shades during the day, letting the light come in helps your mood. So I think there's a lot of things that you can do. And the lighting, I think you're right, is very key to a sense of well-being. And you know what another thing is that really can help you de-stress? Is having a little girl time. So I wanted to tell you guys about my trip to the, to Nashville that I just got back from. Anita, do you have any more points on um, style without stress? No, I want to hear about your trip. <laughs> I know. Like I told I told Anita I wouldn't tell her. Hey, you guys, if you were looking for a fun town to go to with some of your girlfriends, Nashville was amazing. So I went with my hiking group. Some of you may have heard of them before. I've did a few blog posts on some of our trips and we have now been going strong for 11 years. There's seven of us and we do rather large, uh, long, hard hikes once a year and then in between smaller ones. And as our kids have gotten older and some of them are, are total empty nesters and a couple of us just have a few kids left, we've actually been taking trips a little more far flung. So we did a 20 mile hike on Friday, landed on National Thursday, did a 20 mile hike into the fiery gizzard gulch 
on uh, Friday, crawled out, went to a fabulous dinner, and then on Saturday, explored Nashville. Friday, well, Friday night, we actually, and Saturday night, went downtown Nashville, which was, I couldn't believe how vibrant, incredible it was. It was kind of like Vegas crossed with... uh, the Fort Lauderdale Strip and maybe thrown in a little Times Square. It was crazy. But every single place you walked into, you got to look, I slid in and out of all these places, amazing live bands, like singing their hearts out. Everybody sounds like they sh- they are or, sh- or will be professional singers. And uh, so it was such a treat and we just had a blast. So I highly recommend a getaway with your girlfriends to de-stress and have some uh, some real good laughs and fun because it was an amazing trip. Are we ready for crushes? Sure. You go first because I've been gabbing. I, um, well, I've actually watched this movie a while ago, but it I'm still thinking about it. It was such a lovely movie. And it's about the love story between John Keats and Fanny Braun, who was his fiance. And John Keats died around 24 from, I think, tuberculosis. Something very unpleasant. I know. Poor John. So it's very sad. It's a bit, it's so it's kind of, and it, so, you know, um, I guess I should have said there is a sad ending, <laughs> but it is a beautiful movie set, uh, you know, in the 19th century. And uh, it's with Ben Wishaw and Jane Campion. And they do a lovely job playing Keats and Braun. And uh, it's available on Amazon, but it's it's no longer free, but it is still available on Amazon. It's like $3 or something, something inexpensive to rent it. But uh, I, I, I loved it. And what was it was? What was the name? Oh, sorry. It's called Bright Star. Bright Star. Okay. I mm-hmm. thought maybe I missed it. Okay. Bright Star. No, I think one. I forgot to say the whole, the most important Well, point you got all choked up when you said that he died of tuberculosis. <laughs> it kind of threw you. <laughs> okay. That's very sad. Well, you know, wow. You know, short career, but obviously we're still talking about John Keats a long time. From, you know, wow. He didn't last long, but we've been talking to him for a long time. Okay. So here's something that happened. So my trip to Nashville was you know, a grueling physical challenge on one end and then, you know, like partying like a rock star on the other end. But in between, we even threw in a dash of culture, if you could imagine. So on Saturday, we were exploring around Nashville. It was also Oktoberfest there. There were all these street fairs and things going on. It was so much fun. So we kind of wander up to where the museums and monuments are and what's going on, but a literary fair with a giant tent of of books for sale, new books for sale. They had some old books too, but I resisted. And then another tent with all the names of authors that's, you know, you'd all recognize so many of them and they were doing signings and they were doing talks. So my one friend, Patty, is so, I mean, she's in like three book clubs. I mean, she just loves to read and she knows I mean, a book comes out and she's, on, uh, you know, already finished it before I've even heard of it. And so she was so excited about this. So we said, yeah, let's just stay for a little while. So we ended up going into a talk with Anne Patchett and another woman named uh, Margaret 
wrinkle, but it's her name. It's not like wrinkle, like W wrinkle. It's an R and she writes a weekly column for the New York times. And she just came out with a book and Anne had just come out with a new book, the Dutch house. So we got, we were talking to, turns out to be Anne's sister and the la, 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 more talking, more talking. And she's telling us about Anne's bookstore, Parnassus Books in Nashville, which is a very, an independent bookstore and how you can not only visit the brick and mortar, but they have a first editions book club and they also have a signed book club. So it's such a wonderful gift. Don't tell my mom, but this is what she's getting for her birthday. So I got her a six-month subscription to Parnassus. And Anne, the famous author, picks out her favorite books of the month or, you know, of the period of time, has the author of the book sign it, and then it gets shipped to your gift recipient. And so the shipping is included, the book is included, the the labor and you know time it takes to get it signed and all that all included and it comes beautifully packaged and off it goes. I thought that was such a wonderful gift, something that, you know, it's so much better than yet another pair of earrings or something like that or mm-hmm. something from my mom's house, which she doesn't really need. So I would suggest everybody checks out Parnassus Books and, um, you know, even if you just wanted to order a book for yourself from there, you know, nicer than ordering it from Amazon. And it's, they're all curated by Anne and um, her partner, Karen Hayes, who's a publishing veteran. So I'll include the link to Parnassus Books, which you can also visit if you're in Nashville. And you can poke all around like I did on their website and see all the things that they have to offer. They also have a great blog and they really give you a lot of tips on books that, you know, and break them down so you'll know whether you'd like it or not. So head over there. I think you'll really enjoy it. The the talk was wonderful. She is such a delight. She's very witty, very wry, very funny. It was terrific. And then oh, we hit a, a rooftop bar and, you know, drank some beers. Because <laughs> you had to balance the day out. <laughs> With your cowboy hats and that flashing lights? Is that, yeah, did I understand well, that you know, there were a couple of birthdays involved, so we had to do some silly things, which included some light up cowgirl hats, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, oh okay. boy. We do Looks have like a, we had a blast. We had a blast. Um so we have a listener question. And we think it's something that probably a lot of people are facing and we just thought it was so fun that Shanna F contacted us from Australia and she hey, has Shanna. been a longtime listener of the podcast, loving it and um Shauna definitely feels the same way that we do about our homes. She wants it to feel good. She wants it to nurture her family and friends. And since that was so much about what we were talking about today, about taking the stress out of your decorating, out of your home, um, so you can nurture yourself as well as family and friends, we thought this is a good day for Shauna's question. So she said something that's so cute too, that she... um air quotes, suffers from JOMO rather than FOMO. And I'm sure everybody knows what FOMO is, the fear of missing out, but JOMO is the joy of missing out. (laughs) And I feel like I definitely have a touch of that, even though I did have a great time in Nashville. Most of the time- I have a touch of both. Yeah. You know, it just depends on what it is, but yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, Shana's question is, um, she's got a neutral home. So how- can Shayna and anybody else who's having this issue incorporate pops of color 
without without it sort of feeling awkward or being maybe too many pops or not enough pops. So how to incorporate pops of color into a neutral home? Well, hey, Shana, um, I think the trick here is what uh, Kelly touched on earlier in the episode, and that is not to have too many colors. If you're just doing pops, then you don't want to have too many colors. So for example, if you just have three pillows, you don't want each col- each pillow to be a completely different color because then it just feels disjointed. So if you're just doing three pillows, you want them to probably be the same color or maybe just two colors. So the more pops you're adding, the more different colors you can add in there. But I think the way to really make it look cohesive is to add just a few, just stick to just a few colors rather than all the colors of the rainbow. Just pick two, maybe three, depending on how many pops you're putting in there. And then you can add those colors in pillows, throws. I know those are the ones we say all the time. You can add it with artwork. Uh, and then you can add it, uh, you know, by painting a piece of furniture or a decor item, you can paint it. Those are some things. And if you really want to add some drama to the room and add some color and you don't mind picking up a paintbrush, how about adding some deep, rich color to your walls? That's a big old pop. Uh, now the downside is, you know, that's not easy to change if you want to change out the color, but that is a way to add some color without having to uh, change out your furniture. Yeah. All good tips, Jana. So how I would approach it is, um, Choose, yes, one or two pop colors. I don't even know that I would go to three, uh, especially if you're just sort of dipping your toe in from neutral to adding the pop. And what a, a nice way to do it too is maybe um, different shades of a similar color. So say your pop was orange, so you had a deeper orange and then maybe you had a paler color. So you, know, you get the idea. Same thing with blue or any of the other colors. And so you're really do- working with, uh, uh, you know, really one color, but just shades of that color and then make it flow around the room. So you don't want to have all your pop going on in the sofa on the one side of the room, and then there's no pop on the other side. So figure out small ways to incorporate it. So you can almost like uh, connect the dots throughout the room. So maybe you've got pillows on the sofa, and then maybe on a side table, you've got uh, a frame that's that color or the mat of a picture frame is that color. Uh, and then maybe over on a mantle, you've got um, a little uh, votives that are the same color or something like this, where you're actually bringing the color around the room. Maybe then you're circling around and there, there's a chair that has a throw. That's that color. So that's how I would approach it. Um, also, you could pick one pop color and then a, a print, a pattern fabric that is sort of predominantly that color with maybe some other things going on, whether it's just maybe sort of something white, almost like a, you know, just like a brocade kind of something. It's pulling in the color and some texture at the same time. So that's another idea, but always creating this flow with the pop of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds good. So, yeah, that was fun. I think I hope everybody's feeling de-stress, their shoulders are down. Uh, taking deep breaths is really important to de-stress yourself. And um, if you have any ideas that you want to share with the greater audience here, let us know how you approach decorating for a, a stress-free style. And remember, if you're having any um, issues that you really want to address in particular with us that would uh, be beyond a listener question, we are so happy to talk with you. 
And we are offering our consults. I, everybody was sad the store was closing, but the consults are still available and we're actually getting a lot of people signing up recently. Um, so that would be so much fun to be able to talk to you directly and see pictures of your house. It's so easy to do. And we spend a lot of time uh, preparing for them. And then we have the session and there's a give and take back and forth and we might send you links and things like that. So I think everybody has found that they've gotten a lot out of it. In fact, we have a lot of repeat customers because they do one room and then they want to come back for another. So if you're interested in that, we're going to have a link in the show notes to how you can sign up for a consult with Anita and I. Did you want to add anything else, my dear? No, I think you'd covered it fabulously, Dawn. Oh, excellent. Okay. Well, another thing to remember is that we are here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time. I want to remind you that we are available for design consults. We take on your design dilemmas, questions, renovations, any project you want to talk about, any room, any space, we are here for you. And we really do enjoy doing these. And I think we've helped people a lot. So if you want to sign up for a consult, head to the link in the show notes. It's decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash consult. We hope to talk to you soon.